Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to Real People, Real Talk, the podcast ministry that equips you to thrive spiritually, relationally, and mentally. And in today's episode, we are continuing our journey in the book of Philippians, specifically chapter three today. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the other episodes in this series covering chapters one and two, then I invite you to go back and take a listen. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. Now to the text at hand, Philippians chapter three, starting with verse one. The apostle Paul says to the church at Philippi, these words, finally, my brothers rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you is not trouble to me and is safe for you. Paul begins his letter with the recurring theme of joy. As he encourages his readers to rejoice in the Lord verses two through three, look out for dogs, look out for evildoers and look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh here. Give you some context to so understand what's going on here. Paul is dealing with opponents of the gospel as he critiques the Judaizers and explains the contrasting characteristics of the true church. Now, the Judaizers were early converts to Christianity, and they tried to force believers from non-Jewish backgrounds to adopt Jewish customs as a condition for salvation. Let me break that down. Basically, they were proponents of a works-based salvation. But true Christianity is a faith based salvation. So good works, they don't save us. But once we are saved, we should be doing good works. Amen. In other words, we should live in a way that produces evidence, that produces fruit, that we are who we say we are as believers, as Christians. And before I move on, as Paul is dealing with heresy and Paul is dealing with opponents of the gospel and false doctrine. It's, I just want to highlight and emphasize the importance of knowing God's word of reading God's word and studying God's word for yourself. Yes. I love that you listen to this podcast, but listen to this podcast. is not enough. Yes, I hope you go to church faithfully, but going to church is not enough. We need to spend time personally with the Lord on a daily, consistent basis, time in the word and time in prayer. As a shepherd, Paul was concerned about heresy, which is just a fancy word for false doctrine. And let me tell you this, the best weapon against heresy and the best way to recognize false doctrine is by knowing the truth, which is the word of God. God. Amen. Now, verses four through eight, we see that Paul renounces his spiritual and ethnic privileges for the sake of knowing Christ. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. Also, if anyone else thinks he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, 
I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteous under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Man, a lot to unpack there. Paul is preaching. The Apostle Paul is making his readers aware as well as making his opponents aware of his credentials, if you will. His Jewish heritage, his circumcision, his zeal. Now, at first glance, when you read this briefly, you may think that Paul is boasting. But Paul is actually proving the point that earthly achievements, no matter how impressive they are, do not earn salvation. He goes on to regard those prior privileges, those achievements as spiritual rubbish in comparison to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Thus informing us that our relationship with God is worth the most, not our connections, not our network, not our net worth. All of those things, all that we have achieved pale in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. Know this, the duty and the ultimate purpose and high calling of every single believer, every single Christian, every single follower and disciple of Jesus, our goal, our purpose is to know Jesus and to make him known. Let me say that one more time. No matter what profession you may be in, whether you're a teacher, you're a nurse, you're a pastor, um, you're in the military, whatever you do for a living, whatever you have for a career, as a believer, you're calling at the end of the day is to know Jesus and to make him known. Picking up at verse nine and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, verse 11, and that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Man, these are some good, rich verses. When you see that phrase at verse nine, where it says found in him, that means being spiritually united with Christ. Therefore, not guilty of our sin before God, who is our divine judge, because when we become believers, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. So his righteousness count as ours when we place our faith and trust in him for salvation alone. Paul himself experienced a revelation. He used to trust in a righteousness of his own that was based on works. But now he trusts in the righteousness that comes from the Lord. And what Paul is saying, we see this clearly in the Old Testament. When you go back to Isaiah chapter 64 and verse six, and it says this, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts 
are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep away. Here are the theological ramifications. You can't be good enough to earn your way to heaven. We get to heaven based on the goodness of God and what Jesus did on the cross. In other words, my works isn't going to get me into heaven, but placing my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and serving him and following him, repenting of my sins and turning to him in faith. That's salvation. Now, the goal of trusting in Christ is to know him. Once you become a believer, the work is not done. There's still more work to do. Your duty is to keep pursuing him and inviting others to follow him as well. So we have work to do. Now, when you see that phrase, know him, we know God by spending time with him, time in prayer, time in the word, time at church, and also time dedicated to fasting, which is another way of seeking him. Knowing God doesn't naturally just happen. We have to put forth the effort and that may look like getting up a little bit earlier so you can spend some unhurried quality time with the Lord. That may also look like cutting out some of your TV time, cutting out some of your social media time, whatever you need to cut out to have Christ first place. It is worth doing because Jesus paid the ultimate price. He paid the cost for you. Are you willing to pay the cost to truly pursue him and to know him better to know Christ. When I say like knowing Christ, I'm not talking about simply having this intellectual knowledge and mere facts and different things that you may believe about him. But I'm talking about knowing him personally and experientially. Thus, Paul, he is emphasizing a deeper knowledge and intimacy with Christ. Now, I want you to listen to this paragraph uh, from a commentary that I read this week. And it goes like this. No amount of law keeping, self-improvement, discipline or religious effort can make us right with God. Righteousness comes from God and we are made righteous by trusting in Christ. He exchanges our sin and shortcomings for his complete righteousness. Paul gave up everything, family, friendship and freedom in order to know Christ and his resurrection power. We, too have access to this knowledge and this power, but we have to make sacrifices to enjoy it fully. The quote goes on to say, what are you willing to give up in order to know Christ? Maybe a crowded schedule in order to set aside some time for prayer and Bible study, or maybe your friend's opinion or their approval, or maybe some of your own plans or your pledges, whatever it is, knowing Christ is more than worth the sacrifice, end quote. And I say amen and amen to that. Now back to the text, verse 12 through 16. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize 
of the upward call in Christ Jesus. That those of us who are mature think this way. And if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Once again, some rich verses here in this passage. Here, Paul is emphasizing the need for progress in Christian living, presenting himself as one who continually reaches ahead to seek God's kingdom. And here's some tough love for you today, my friend. You should be closer to God now and walking with him more closely now than when you first got saved. Paul is up front letting us know that he's not perfect, but he is progressing. And I'm so glad that we serve a God that doesn't require us to be perfect, but it does require us to progress. We should be getting closer and closer to the Lord on a daily basis. So God is calling you higher today, my friend. God is calling you to a higher level of living as it relates to obedience to his will, his way and his word. And as it relates to holiness. Now, also in that text, you see the word press. The Greek word that was used here, the thought behind it was that of a sprinter. And to press means aggressive, energetic action. And what that means for us is this. We have to put in the work and actively pursue the Lord. I like to say it like this. There is no neutrality in your walk with the Lord. There's no neutrality. Either you are drawing nearer to him or you are drifting away from him. And the choice is yours, my friend. Now, I want you to notice Paul's posture of pursuit. And here's what I mean. Paul is striving to get closer to Christ. He is not satisfied where he is. He has this holy discontent that keeps him pressing on. And that's my prayer for you today, my friend. And there's also a personal prayer of my own that you and I will have a holy discontent that keeps us hungry and thirsty for the Lord and keeps us pressing forward. In the previous verses, we also saw the phrase forgetting what lies behind. Let's talk about it. Paul had a past. He started out literally as a terrorist, persecuting Christians and hauling them to jail. But after one encounter with the Lord, he ended up being an evangelist and led so many people to the Lord. So let me say this. I want you to do yourself a favor and to forget what lies behind. We all have a past. We all have things that we've done that we're not proud of. And if God can forgive you and if God can still love you, then you should be able to forgive and still love yourself. I want you to stop looking back. Stop dwelling on the past, but instead to press forward, to move forward so you can truly and fully be all that God is calling you to be and fully do all that God is calling you to do. Amen. Before I move on, just want to quickly look at another phrase in that text. It says, only let us hold true to what we have attained. And this speaks to the matter of maturity. 
Yes, there will always be things that we can learn, but we should live up to what we already know and live out what we have already learned. It's not enough to know the Bible. It's not enough to know the word, but we must obey the word, obey the Bible. Amen. Verses 17 through 21. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Therein is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Paul is calling the people to follow his example of commitment, devotion, and loyalty to Jesus Christ, thus challenging them to pursue Christ, Christ likeness. Amen. I want to zoom in on verse 20, that phrase citizenship in heaven. I would be the first to tell you that I love the life that God has given me on earth and you might too, but please don't get too comfortable because we are simply passing through this home is not our home. It's just a stop along the way. And our goal as we're here on earth is to know Jesus and to make him known. And I take a lot of people with us to our ultimate home, which is heaven. And that is my brief take on Philippians chapter three, but don't stop here. Reread it for yourself. Study it for yourself. And here are two verses that stuck out. The whole chapter was good, but here are two memory verses that is worth committing to memory. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And in verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And I leave you with this. I want to give you three life goals that we see from the Apostle Paul in this text. Number one, to know Christ. Number two, to make Christ known. And number three, to be like Christ. It's all about Christ, my friend. Amen. And amen. Until next time, go be all that God has called you to be and take a few minutes to share this episode with a friend. God bless you.